0: You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. That is correct. It's the SPDSA Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of that club. Uh, We're back. We're sort of like getting back to a new year. It's 2021 now. And uh, as you can hear all the clicking and stuff going on in the background, I've got uh, two of the lads on the phone. We've got Dan Drummond, Dan, how you doing?
1: Good, buddy. How are you?
0: Good. We've got uh, Diego Vender. You are also on uh, on location somewhere.
1: <laughs> I'm on the beach. On the beach. <laughs> yeah. You're in Mexico. Yeah, right. You've traveled
0: out of the province, haven't you? <laughs>
2: Did you get permission to do that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, the I voice mean- you just heard, Sean Lother, the... Uh, the technical director here at the club. Um, and we're all back for another uh, edition of uh, Soccer Talk in the Park. So, you know, let's start it off right away with how our holidays went. How did uh, how did your holidays go, Shauna?
2: Um, stayed at home. Didn't, <laughs> yeah, it didn't go anywhere. I think we all
0: did, <laughs> unlike D on the beach. <laughs> uh, took a trip
2: down to Calgary to drop presents off and pick presents up, but didn't interact with my kids or grandkids. Oh, that must have um, been tough, actually. It was very tough, yeah. Just... You know, drop them at the door and grab the ones that were there and <laughs> off, off I went sort of thing, you know.
0: So. Oh, man. A lot of FaceTime when you got home, though? or
2: Yeah, we did the, the FaceTime stuff and uh, Zoom and all that sort of thing. Oh, but so, well, that's okay. Yeah. Well, well it's, it's, I not mean, okay. It's, it's not, not okay. It's not okay, but it's,
0: it's <laughs> better than nothing.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. At least I've seen them on a picture.
0: Imagine if we didn't have the technology we have today.
2: Well, it'd be carrier pigeon, wouldn't it, back in the day? <laughs> <laughs>
0: it'd be an interesting uh, wait for information back and forth, that's for sure.
2: Absolutely, yeah. Now, it was it was good to watch them open the presents up and stuff like that, but it's it's not the same thing.
0: It isn't the same yeah. thing, no. And what about New Year? Did uh, you and your uh, lovely lady get up to much at uh, all? Or? Again,
2: stayed in the house, did a Zoom call to see in the New Year. Um, in England, you have First Foot, which is – tall dark handsome guy comes to knock on the door unfortunately we don't have a tall dark handsome guy in the house so we didn't do that hey i was
1: available i was available i didn't get a phone
0: call (laughs) oh that is very good very good and and then other than that just obviously you rang in the new year you stayed up
2: yeah we stayed up and you know did had two drinks one at i think was it four o'clock five o'clock no, four o'clock in the UK with the UK, yeah. Uh, no, that's wrong. Seven hours. What's the difference? Yeah, seven hours difference. <laughs> five I, 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 anyways, let me but see. Five, five, the, uh, couple drinks. Yeah, so five p.m. Yeah, there brought you go. in the English New Year, and then at midnight brought in the album. Yeah, so
0: it was obviously more than two drinks. We yeah. can't figure that one out, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which, which is okay. What about you, uh, D? How did you make out on the holidays?
1: Yeah, you know, same thing. Uh, low key, didn't. Um, get up too much. We, I don't have a lot of family here in the first place, so a lot of it is just uh, immediate family. Um, but we have a tradition where we, where we call everybody back home in South Africa at our, ta- our midnight. So as as the day crosses over into Christmas, we get on the phone and give everybody a call and, and do that kind of thing. So did that and, and yeah, but low key, not as normal as, as it was, but it was still good. Oh, that's
0: cool. And then yeah. the new year, I, I guess, was the same for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, not much at all. I, like, um, last year, I started a a a tradition, a beef Wellington tradition with my with uh, the people that yeah that I the people that I spend years with. So last year I was with some friends. We went to the Oilers game. We had a condo downtown and you know we did some dinner and stuff like that and I made beef wellington so then my family and me wanted me to make that for them this year so that's what I did. Nice I made some beef wellington for everyone, yeah. Quite but,
0: good. I just I've been to Wellington. I've just never had the beef from there so
2: So <laughs> is that is that eating roast beef in Wellington boots? Like
1: what is it? Well uh it no it's not but I mean it is beef but it's wrapped in uh it's wrapped in a pastry. Um, and I uh, made like a, a red wine uh, jus with it. Wow, uh, yeah.
3: a jus. John, uh-huh. uh, you've never had Beef Wellington? Um, we
2: uh, have certainly not had that in Newcastle ever. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: Are you serious? I, May- thought, I thought you'd be really good with that. Maybe the Duke of Wellington yeah. had, had that, I guess. So, but um, that is not something you have in Newcastle in the north. Well,
0: region. I'll tell you well, what, D, I, would, UK, I would love to try disrupted. it. I, Challenge accepted. Eh? <laughs> I would love to try it, D. If you're up for cooking it one day, All right. I will uh, supply the materials if you want to cook it.
1: I'll, I'll I'll make a plan as soon as we're able to interact and be back and, and whatnot. I'll uh, I'll make some for the for the group. Nice, bringing it in on, the, bring it in on this, Thursday. This is recorded as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah get
0: <laughs> this is on tape. Dano, how about you? How were
3: your holidays? Um same old same old as everybody else on the call want to try and have something different to throw into the podcast but not much man um made the best of it really a lot of zoom um but as, as time went on with the holidays it just just make the best of it the weather was awesome so we were able to get out for walks with Kalen and spend time as a family so it was good in that sense it was it was a little less busy or a little less crazy and like I said you just have to make the best of it so we knew it wasn't going to be normal and no dinners and families and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah it was all right. Did you right.
0: Uh, did you keep the young one up till midnight on uh, New Year?
3: <laughs> like Lindsay or Kaylin or who I, usually <laughs> stay up. I don't know? Yeah, I usually you stay up. All three of you Lindsay are young ones. Always, <laughs> yeah, usually Lindsay's always dog tired, so she's going to go to bed. And then I was watching like the countdown to New Year's, and I thought it was so bad this year because there wasn't people out at like Times Square. And then every time I went to a channel to watch it, you know, builds up to it. It was on like a different time zone. And I thought, well, I had a different word to say, but I thought, like, oh, this isn't very good. So I just <laughs> turned it off and went to bed at 11 o'clock. So I didn't even see it in the new year, but maybe that's what uh, 2020 gets. So,
0: Yeah. You know what that, I mean, that was my holiday in a nutshell as well. I, I was in bed by I think 10 o'clock on, on new year. So th- these things happen you just do what you do. And if there was, more options for things to do. Exactly. I, I'm sure we all would have taken advantage of
3: that. Yeah. So he, hopefully next uh, next year doesn't look the same as this year.
0: Yeah. yeah. How about presents? Still get some presents? Did you get some presents, Sean?
2: I did. Uh, typical underwear, <laughs> socks. <laughs> <laughs> Is Rachel uh, in your uh, shot? Uh, this no, right she's not, no, she's not. No, she's so, yeah.
0: not. It's uh, it's, that's too funny though, Dano. You can expect this uh, as a father now, and the and D, hopefully, in the future.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That actually was a running joke with my dad all the time. It was like, Oh, did you get socks, underwear, and wine gums this Christmas? So that was kind of just the ongoing thing, so. Sure it'll come full circle at some point for me it's
0: like the the movie a christmas story where the dad finally at the end of christmas says you know he says what no ties this year <laughs> <laughs> always expecting a tie or some bad aftershave from the local drugstore <laughs> uh, yeah and we're hoping that everyone out there was was able to cope with uh, what's been going on obviously and uh and doing, uh, doing the best they could to enjoy their family and what and whatever means they, they're able to do it, whether it be Zoom, phone calls, um, you know, uh, just spending time with the immediate family close to you. Uh, I know some places you're allowed to have one or two people in, so hopefully you got a chance to take advantage of that. Um, I was able to have PK in for some rum uh, at one point, so uh, it was good. Not enough rum. It was only a couple, but uh, it was good. <laughs> so I could, I was able to expand my bubble by one. So that was, uh, that was, that was well done. Um, no, that's good. Yeah, that's good. yeah. You know what? Because all of it comes down to, um, you know, part of our topic for today, our major topic later on, uh, is going to be about psychology in in football, psychology in soccer, the game. Whether it be coaches. Uh, players, parents, um, there's a the psychology that goes along with this game, and that and this this whole COVID process that we're in at the moment um, really really has uh, an effect on your psychology and your own psyche, and and how you look at things and see things, and how you interact, your moods, all that kind of stuff is all part of psychology and goes into uh, our topic that will be talking about um, in a few minutes here. Uh, next up, though, we, we want to have a bit of an update um, from a club perspective. I'll, I'll ask uh, Sean to, to touch into that about COVID and uh, possible extensions. I know we've been extended slightly since uh, the original thoughts.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, we'll we keep getting extended. I think there's another update coming out this Thursday, possibly, I believe, yeah. possibly. Um, and basically, we're just waiting on the government to say, "Yeah, we can go back and do some distance training, social distance training, or back to cohort restrictions, whatever." Which that's what we're waiting on. All sports are waiting on on the same sort of sort of news. Um, so it's hard to say what's going to happen. Yeah, you know, we, we just don't know. Uh, whatever gets thrown at us, we will adapt and and react to that. And hopefully, it's going to be good news and that we can do some type of soccer training. Um. But we will just got to wait for that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, the other good thing is, well, I say good thing, the the vaccines are starting to flow within the country. Um, I know there's been some slight delays with uh, whether it's the production out of uh, where these companies are working from in in getting product out to the different countries that have bought product. Um, I know there's been a slight delay and uh, things are running Lower, I, I, I would think. Um,
2: uh, actually, I, you know, when I listened last week, uh, they were talking about having everyone vaccinated by September. Yeah. Uh, th- that was said, you know, and I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought it was going to be later than that. So I think the slightly ahead of schedule, as far as I'm concerned, from the initial uh, initial announcements, Yes, um, they've had some issues, obviously, and, and I think it's going to get more efficient as they go along here, and hopefully we'll get going earlier than that with everybody vaccinated. Um, and, there's yeah. cr- and, and there's problems right now with people saying they're not going to get vaccinated. And the minute that I'm able to get vaccinated, my hand's up, I, I want it, you know. So I think more people say yes and get vaccinated, the better it's going to be, and we'll have that, that uh, immunity that they're talking about with the herd or whatever. And I think it's important that we get vaccinated as soon as we can. Yeah.
0: Well, Dano, now you've got uh, you've got your better half who's involved in that medical world, and uh, has she gotten any insight or any
3: word? Yeah, or- she got uh, her first vaccination about a week ago. Oh, good. So that came her way, which was kind of exciting and whatnot. So um, I think her next uh, the second shot is in a couple of weeks, but yeah, a little bit of a slow rollout and, and some issues. But I, I agree with Sean. I think as time goes on, they're going to get better and better with rolling out the vaccine, just kind of how they dealt with COVID, right? Just from everybody. Um, so, yeah, I think as time goes on, I mean, fingers crossed, we can all get vaccinated sooner than later to get some normalcy. But, uh, yeah, no, it was good. Like, no side effects, nothing like that. Um, regular vaccination. So, yeah, it's good. All well, that-
0: it that's that's a good thing to hear that, uh, I mean, with the two different vaccines, is it three now that they're coming out with? I know there's the two. There's the Pfizer and the Moderna.
2: It's just the two in Canada, I believe. Yeah. The uh, the AstraZeneca yep. one hasn't been approved yet. I don't oh, okay.
0: Believe. Okay. But, I mean, it's great to see that there haven't been that many side effects. I guess everybody and everybody is, uh, is, is built differently. So there are going to be some people who – might feel some effect. I know that some people used to get the flu shots and they would be sick for a couple of days afterwards and then be fine uh, and to have that immunity. I guess it just depends on how the, uh, the vaccine itself reacts with your body. Um, but uh, yeah, all hopeful that'll be done and, uh, and they're way ahead of schedule. I mean, if we can get things done before the fall of next year or this year, I should say, um, that'd be fantastic. Dropping the F-bomb. Um, you know what? I, I I think we can actually take our first break here. So we've gotten a little bit back into the new year here. I know we're, uh, wow. We're almost 20 days into this new year already. And, uh, it's amazing how when you're not doing as much as you normally would, the time's still flying by. I, I don't know how it's doing that, but
2: it's bizarre.
0: It is bizarre. It is bizarre. Um, but we'll take our first break here. When we come back, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll launch into the psychology of football, and um i was gonna say something funny about d and his beef wellington but i won't um <laughs> but we'll uh, You seldom
2: say anything funny so,
0: yeah i am <laughs> of, co- of course of course um so anyways you're listening to soccer talk in the park the official podcast of the sherwood park district soccer association we'll be right back Today's podcast is sponsored by Mr. Lube. Taking care of your car on your schedule, not ours. Mr. Lube. And we're back. You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. Big, big talk coming up. (laughs) I don't know if it's big talk. Uh, But it's something that's extremely important to the game, uh important for coaches important for players and important for parents both for them to you know deal with and to understand with it from a parent's perspective in general the psychology of a player and the psychology they need for the game um team sports are it can be kind of similar i think with within psychology and how you look at things um But it can become a little bit more specific to each sport as well, depending on the coaches and what they're after and how they want to determine how a team plays. Um, But just in general, folks, what are your thoughts on the psychological aspect of this game that we all are in love with? Anybody? Anybody want to jump in? Throwing the hook out there. (laughs)
3: <laughs> it's not as easy when we're all, we're all far apart, right? Maybe Sean's left the room. We don't really know. No. Um, I can take it off, Go ahead, From Dano. the standpoint of uh, when you mentioned parents, right? I think the first thing is making sure parents are supportive. I mean, kids are going through so much these days, um, you know, within school, within COVID, everything else, but even outside of COVID, right? The stresses and challenges they have these days and even when I was growing up, it's a lot different than making sure that parents are there. And they're a bit of a foundation and a support network for the kids to be able to, you know, share their concerns and their fears and their, you know, their goals with. Because I think if, if kids don't have that in sports or if they're very limited to have that in sports, they'll keep it locked in and it's going to affect their concentration. It's going to affect their motivation. Um, I think it's going to affect, um, their confidence in general. So I think making sure parents are just being there. And first and foremost, being a support network for the kid, I think goes a long, long way in the game and just the whole psychology piece for the players. Yeah, I I mean,
0: it's it's amazing how tied together the psychology of a player is. You've got their parents that are helping to deal with that, like you said, on the supportive side of it, and then you've got the coaches' part of it who, you know, have to maintain, you know, as much as possible, a positive approach to what they're after within the game and what they're trying to get out of their athletes as well. And the more positive an approach you can take as a coach, I think it's going to lend itself to a little bit more trust between the player coach relationship and, and how that sort of um, helps to, you know, work in and build that athlete up with that confidence you were just talking about, Dano. Yeah, for sure.
3: Yeah.
1: I, I, I think, uh, you know, a, uh, what you guys are saying is, is 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 spot on, and and our and roles uh, for our coaches is is going to be just that is is that we have to make sure that we understand, like we said before, that everybody's built differently, and we're going to take our kids are, are going to take on information very very differently. Some kids are are going to be wanting uh, want more positivity. Some kids are going to be wanting uh, a little bit more directness. So it just you have to be able to understand uh, the players that you have in front of you and and you want to build up their confidence but um, to a point where you, you don't you don't you don't crush them um, because you're you're maybe telling them too many too much positivity because that could be a hindrance to, to, to development as well too, right? So it has to be a fine balance on, on how you how you approach um, you know, dealing with players and, and getting them to the right moment to be successful on the pitch.
0: Yeah. Sean, what are your, any thoughts yourself on you know, it could be based on the past yeah. uh, things with teams you've been with, or yourself as a player.
2: Well, I think there's two aspects to this. There's the the general mental health of of kids, mm-hmm. uh, our, our youth players. You know, they're going through a tough time, as is as our adults yeah. with COVID right now. So, just their general mental health, and and what can we do whenever we interact with those kids to to give them some positivity in life instead of all this negativity right so mm-hmm. that's that's one aspect uh, the second aspect is like psychology for the game is totally different than the mental mental well-being of individuals so the mental health side you know we can certainly help but i think it's more of a family situation that can help more uh, going to school working with their health professionals whatever um, we can certainly help with that, but that has to be taken care of by the family mm-hmm. on the psychology part of the game. You know, everyone talks about it. It's the big thing now, you know, we have to psychologically train players. It's always been there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> eons ago, the best coaches have worked on that on a daily basis with their players. hmm just by creating standards alone you know you have to be at this standard that's that's psychology you know you're demanding uh, stuff from players that they don't don't normally give it a higher standard so that, that that's been around forever i mean the best coaches i ever had were, were the ones that got to know the player and you know knew what this player what they had to do to make this player tick mm-hmm. and something different for this player so that that's sports psychology that, that mental skills training, which everyone says it's the, the in thing now and, and more people are, are spending more time on that, that was always there. Mm-hmm. I think it's just more prevalent now and there's more people talking about it and, and that's what, what the difference is. The, the best players in the world, in any sport, any activity, are the ones that have the best the best mindset and they're strong mentally, and they know what they want. They're focused. They know exactly what they have to do to get to the next level. Every time they step on the pitch, they're totally 100% focused. They know exactly what has to be done in certain situations, and they do that that much quicker than the average player. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's been there. It always will be. The best players will be psychologically the best.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dano, yourself uh, had been involved at a fairly high level, both in the national uh, level. You played uh, pro as well. Um, what what was it like for yourself? Were there, were there things that you did yourself mentally or psychologically to get you thinking a different way so you could be motivated to stay at those levels of play? It's tough. I mean,
3: the time gets on. It's longer and longer since I... Played. Um, I think visualization is a big one, right? I think having that mindset and believing in yourself. I think sean alluded to it on a couple podcasts as well. as you know, with his uh, background, that you know he believed he was the best every time he step on the field. And I think whatever environment you're in, you you've got to buy into that, right? You've got to tell yourself that because if you're not believing that, then you know who is going to believe it. So you've got to have that mindset. And there's been times where perhaps that was the case, and there was probably times where was maybe towards the end, and you know furthest from the best in the field. But you've got to tell yourself and I think have that motivation and that, that self-belief and confidence. I think it starts there, right? Because if you don't have that, then you're, you've kind of lost the battle. Um, I think besides that, it's just preparation and routine a little bit, right? Do what, uh, do what works for you, what makes you comfortable leading into a game. Um, and, and you see it now with youth players is that I think you need to have some coping mechanisms, just some coping strategies that they're aware of or that they can pull on, um, you know, when things don't go right, either in a game or after a game, that they can rely on, you know, whether it's speaking to someone or if it's some, you know, personal behavior skills they've learned along the way, that they can rely on those to kind of bring themselves back up. Because I've seen it all too often, even now with some of the groups that I'm training and kids just killing themselves and beating themselves up, right? Every little mistake, every this, every that. And you see it with body language, and then you see it with them rushing off after the session. So, I go out of my way quite often, at least if it's not after that session or the next one, just to pull them aside to say, "Hey, how are things going? What's going on?" Right? Because I found in Deacon maybe allude to this as well. Working with, working on you know, a school academy, you're quite often speaking to kids about the game, but you know their minds may be somewhere else, especially if they're coming from school, whether it be you know marks, home life, um, peers or friends, or whatever's going on. So there's a lot, there's a lot that kids are dealing with these days and social media plays a big part too. So I think as going back to our first point, just making sure you're there is um, a bit of a friend first and a, and a voice that they can lean on and know that this is a safe place and they can speak to. you. I think that goes a long way with that, uh, player and coach, uh, relationship.
0: Yeah. I couldn't agree more, Dano. Uh, D what were your thoughts there?
3: Yeah. You know, um,
1: sometimes you can just tell on a player, right. Um, they're not having a good day or, or they're, they're off. And, and you have to be able to, to notice that as a coach. Um, we've got kids that are, are, are pretty busy in a, in a normal life. Uh, when, if they're dealing with being in academy school or being, uh, um, you know, playing the game on, on many different levels, um, you, you have to be able to see. And if you, you have to notice that uh, the kid is not right. And, and sometimes it's easy as taking taking the, the, the player aside or taking the kid aside, wherever in the environment they're, you're in and leaving it to your assistant coaches and just saying, Hey, let's talk for five minutes. What's going on? What's bothering you? Um, you, you, you seem to get into a way with, uh, with players, especially youth players. And, and you can, you can tell and notice that uh, that they're, they're, they're a little off. And um, you know, having those conversations and, and, and being willing to listen, I think is, is the most important thing. Sometimes, um, you know, dealing with uh, a player that's in, that's having some trouble, um, they might not want to speak to you, and, and you, you might have to bring it out of them a little bit. But you have to be willing to listen. You know, you have to be willing to share a story as well too to gain gain their trust. Um, if you have a story that uh, revolves around, you know, some of the background that you have as a coach or as a player, or or from from any type of area that you, you work in, you, you bring it and bring it to that uh, that conversation and. And, and create some dialogue. It's, it's important that we try to get on the same level as the players because, uh, you know, nowadays it's it's not as easy as um, it is like back in the day. When we were growing up, it was not as easy. There's a lot of different challenges out there in the world, especially with technology and how things are going with social media and, and things like that. So it's a, it's a different world that these kids live in. And first thing, I think we just have to notice it and try to, you know, Act on it in a positive way and not let it uh, shy fly uh, away. It's amazing. And then, f- oh, sorry, go yeah. ahead, D. Go ahead. Yeah, I know. And, and then I just think that it's it's uh, um, it's a little bit of that uh, understanding and and being there and 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 opening up and being um, uh, showing some you know showing a little bit of vulnerability as a as a as, a, as, a, as an adult as well to to gain it to yeah. to be there for them.
0: Yeah, you know what? It's it's funny because I'm thinking of our era, Sean, when we when we were playing and things. And I mean, the psychology part of it was totally up to us as individuals. I mean, you didn't think about the coaching aspect of it. It was all within you to to either play better or to try and get attain that next level. Like you would say, hitting the pitch every time. I'm the best guy. I mean, it was. I'll never forget Colin Miller talking about. Uh, Um, some aspects of his game as as a defender. When he came in, he understood going into these places from living in Canada and going back to, let's say, Scotland, where he played there for a while, Um, and and just knowing that the thought process of these players he was trying to take the position was, there is no way you're going to take my job. I'm going to make your life so difficult if you think you're going to take my job, until he finally adopted the same attitude.
2: Uh, yeah i mean there's no doubt about that it's the environment you get brought up in helps you for sure um uh, like i said earlier the best coaches in my opinion were the ones that got to know you a little bit mm-hmm. there's no question about that and and to be honest they didn't really get to know you they just give you some time um i mean i loved it when and i've mentioned this guy's name johnny Giles would would call me out and speak to me for a minute, a minute. That's all it was. And we didn't have a massive conversation, but it just showed that he cared about my development. And I think that's all we have to do. We just have to touch base with players now and again to make sure that they're aware that we care about them. And, and that's all it is. It, it's, it's not, there's nothing magical that you're going to say to them. It's just shown that, that you, you care about the individual player. You can't just speak to the whole team and treat everyone exactly the same because every single player is different and you have to treat them differently at times, but it's more or less just giving them some time. It's not necessarily the message you're saying, it's just giving them some time. And some players need, need a bit more time than what other players do. Now, do you think,
0: I, I can't see players being that much different back in the day as it is now. Football's football. I know things have changed within the game. Things have gotten better. There's a better understanding of maybe, uh, you know, a player's physical literacy and what they're capable of and how much you can push them. But is, is the player today any less capable of psychologically thinking that, knowing that one minute of recognition should be, you know, uh, a, a point of – Oh, he's right or, or she's right. I'm I'm gonna do that much better based on that. Or have they lost sight of that recognition when they're spoken to?
2: Um That's a very tough question. No, I know, and that's but I'm trying um, to think
0: of it from from our standpoint as coaches. Yeah.
2: I would say no. Generally, I think players are the same as what they used to be. Is there a greater expectation that they should be given more on a platter? Probably. You know, there's uh, you know, you expect you, you got little crumbs back in the day and yeah. that that was a three course meal. You know, now you have to give a five course meal to, to give a three course meal. So this there's, there's more expectation, I think, from from players and parents about that they deserve more for giving less. But it's it's still the same same process. Yeah. You know, a player wants to know that the coach cares about them at the end of the day whether it was back in 1960 or in 2060 when we get to that point. I think there's still that relationship between the coach and the player that that they, they want to see, that they actually care for them individually. And there might be a difference in the amount of time you have to give, I, I would assume, but it's it's all about just connecting with the player and having that rapport with them at the end of the day. And that's why... Uh, you know, academies are, diffi- are difficult when you're only working with the kid once or twice a week. You're, you're not working with that that kid, you know, two or three training sessions and and, and on the game on the weekend. You know, you're having more, more interaction with them. Yeah. It's easier to get that rapport where you seem to be now having this coach and then another coach for your, your school academy and another coach for your club academy and then another strength and conditioning coach. You know, back in the day, it was just one person that
1: you related to.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. What about you lads? What do you think?
1: Yeah, then, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll jump in.
3: Yeah, I think Sean kind of covered it. Um, I think that that's a good point. Back in the day, you know, you had one person to rely on, but you know nowadays you've got probably five or six and that's probably um, that's probably being cautious, right? You have a lot of people that uh, build up to to make kids what they are. So having making sure there's a little bit of consistency and an opportunity for these kids to have a bit of a, a platform and an opportunity to speak to people. I think is huge. And like I said, is the first thing I mentioned is it, it, it's ideal to start at home, right? With the parents and the trip to the training session and, and the game and the matches and the numerous conversations I've either overheard or I've had players, maybe whether be at a school academy, speak about their weekend and, and their league games and, um, you know, whether their dad was coaching the game or the car ride home. And at times it can be really, really tough on the kids. Very, very tough on the kids just with hearing some of their stories and experiences. So I think, um, you know, with having a little one myself who's obviously a ways away from playing football, but just making sure that they enjoy it, whatever they want to go into, right? Whether it's, whether it's sports, whether it's, you know, arts or whatever the case is. First and foremost, making sure they enjoy it. Because I think, think, like I said, they need a foundation to make sure that this is an opportunity for them to express themselves and enjoy it before they can kind of get into the the nitty-gritties of whatever activity they're doing.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. And your daughter will be a tennis player, and we know that. (laughs) You might get her to kick a ball around on your videos, but we know she's going to be swinging a racket later on.
2: (laughs) Personally, I think golf should be the game because you can go along and play the game of golf it's an individual sport. where tennis, you're not going to be as good as your daughter, and she'd kill you every year. Uh, well, I don't know. Daniel's <laughs> a pretty good tennis
0: player, from what I hear. So
3: <laughs> I, I'm okay at tennis, actually. But golf, I, I can't. I need to be able to learn how to play some golf. Maybe that will be some of our outings this summer. Some of our team bondings will be Sean can teach us how to golf, or maybe D W or D play oh, golf. Yeah, don't.
2: yeah. I, do you, <laughs> not, you don't want me to teach you yeah. how to play golf. <laughs> I was just going <laughs> to say I,
0: do it. I was like that former uh, golfer, the Walrus, whatever his name was. I could smack a ball far, but I can't play the game to save my life. So, Hey, listen, we're going to take another short break here. When we come back, we'll uh, either continue on with the psychology part here a tiny bit more, or uh, we might have to talk about all the football we've been watching over the holiday period. You're listening to soccer talk in the park, the official podcast of the Sherwood park district soccer association. We'll be right back. Today's podcast is sponsored by Mr. Lou. Fast, warranty-approved oil and fluid changes. Mr. Lube. Yes, we are back for our final segment of the program. You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. And I couldn't help but over here, whilst we were uh, in a break there. Somebody laced up the skates this weekend and played hockey for the first time in a while. Dee, let us know all about this.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I like high school I think was the last time junior high high school was the last time that I put on a pair of skates and and um my nephew is, is 11 years old now so um we can't do anything he's a soccer player but we can't really do anything and he's been you know going out and, and I've been taking him to the, to the rink but never skated but so I went and got myself some skates and a stick and and laced up to skates for the first time this weekend and you know it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, I cannot stop
0: uh, at all. <laughs> well, that's, uh, but, make sure you have those elbow pads, a helmet,
1: and knee pads on your life. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. I didn't fall, which is good. But yeah, I'm, I was, I think I'll do it again. I think I'll get out and see if I can um, learn my edges. <laughs> you you <laughs> know basically. what? It's great.
0: It's great exercise, isn't it? Dano, did you play at all? On Super the ice? good did you play
3: hockey at all? Yeah, yeah. I thought my time, you know, you would have just bypassed me. <laughs> did not play hockey. Um, played some street hockey growing up. Uh, my brother knocked out his two front teeth in elementary learning how to skate. And I think that impacted me. So I remember <laughs> being in, like, grade two or three. I always have a note when we had to go ice skating. <laughs> oh, I don't feel why I got this going on. Just because I just, my, my parents from the UK, we just never got into it, right? The yeah. Time I'm older. And now I've got a little one, and it's like the ongoing joke. They're like, "Well, how how is she going to skate? You need to learn how to skate." I am like, "Oh, I'll be fine." So it's funny. My brother's kids are eight, six, and four. They're learning to skate right now, and he sent some pictures um, over the weekend. And I am like, "He's on the ice." I am like, "What the heck?" I am like, "You got skates?" He's like, "No." He's like, "I am just in some good hiking on the ice." What about what
0: what about you, Sean? Any uh, any hockey in your background at all?
2: So, when I moved to Edmonton at 16, I went to Bonnie Doon High School. I was forced by my mum to meet some Canadian guys and girls or whatever. And so, PE there had ice, sk- uh, ice hockey. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's a great PE class. So, I went along and put on some skates, and I was okay. I could sort of go forward. Yeah but I couldn't stop. So I'd have to use the boards to stop me oh, and then <laughs> shuffle around and then go the other way to the next board and stop me. Nice. And, uh, yeah, I was bad. I was <laughs> extremely bad.
0: Well, we won't even, we won't even go into DW's affair with hockey. DW, DW actually played junior hockey. So I i will just stop it there. and, wow. and say that, yeah, yeah. For who? Uh, it was just local BC. Uh, I played for the Ladner Rebels. It was Ooh, a, it was a junior B league, awesome. or, as we used to say, the stick league. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I had I had played a couple of exhibition games with a, a team called the Richmond Sockeyes that were in a like I guess what are we tier two of junior A, yeah. and then tier one of Crazy. course was like the. Like what is the team that plays like the Giants, Vancouver Giants, yeah, and yeah, yeah. and uh, the other team? What's the Edmonton team? It's um, Oil Kings. Oil Kings. There we go. I've, I've been living That's here eight awful. years. I couldn't remember Oil yeah. Kings, so I was on the cusp. I was always like everything Uncle Darren does. He was he's he's always good at everything he does, but he's not great at that one thing that he'd like to have been great at.
2: I did enjoy going to watch the new Westminster Bruins. They were
0: that was a fun team oh, yeah. to play. Oh. My goodness. oh and there was a Donnybrook every night
2: because yeah, I, I lived I lived in Burnaby, okay. right by uh, Elwell Street, okay, yeah, close to the New Westminster. Yeah, Bar, yeah, And I used to go and watch them play, and all of a sudden hockey would break would break out and, <laughs> amongst the fights. <laughs> there was more fights than actual hockey being played. It was, yeah, it was it pretty
0: exciting. But I tell you, some of the best games I've ever seen are junior games. Uh, just, yeah. just because they're young guys who've got nothing. I don't know. It's 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 they're not getting paid to play. They're doing it for the love of the sport, much like we love it when we see great football at the younger age groups cuz they're just doing it cuz they love the game. Um so anyways, actually
2: Look, talking about that, what about the FA Cup a couple of weeks ago? I mean the well, giant killing that went on and the games Which, were, which game? Uh, oh. Well there was there was a couple of great oh, games. Oh, oh, yeah. I have I to mean, say the, you're right. I mean Chorley FC you okay, know, the, and actually, I, I was at that stadium many years ago with just a, a kids' team from Canada. And actually, the kids get played in that same stadium. Nice, the, the pitch was awful that day, it was awful on the, the FA Cup game as well. Mm. But you know, just it was tremendous. Spurs, you know, I mean, with Marine, etc., you know, yeah, the people in. Out of their bedroom windows, watching the game, etc. It was fantastic to see, and that's what the the game's about. Anyway, we digress. Sorry, I just.
1: Had to no, no, that's there. fine. We were going to lead into. Uh, there was a big upset too, right? Leeds lost to um, I forget who it was, but they had lost.
3: Uh, Crawley so, yeah, ta- was it Crawley Town? It was the yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. That's. I mean, we were leading into the, all the the footy that we've been watching, anyway. So. Uh, yeah, let's get so, down to it, talk about it, well, FA Cup.
2: I, I think this COVID has sort of resurrected the FA Cup a little bit in the UK. You know, there's there's a lot of hype over the, all these amateur teams playing against the, the big pro teams and doing so well. And I think COVID has has, has did that. You know, it's uh, really, really affected the FA Cup in a it's, positive way. It's brought way.
0: a bit of balance. Yeah. And when I say balance, it's they're even. It doesn't matter what level you're at. If you're all facing the same odds, no crowd support, no, you know, it just whoever's up for it is is the one going to do well.
2: It's just great to see because growing up as a kid, I mean, I loved the FA Cup. It was all about the FA Cup. You know, the league was important back then. But uh, there was more emphasis on the FA Cup as far as I was concerned as a kid because I wanted to see that knockout stage where, you know, David versus Goliath and, and that minnow had a chance to be, to beat the big team. And yeah. and, and, and it's huge. It's, it's great, great for those clubs.
0: That's awesome. And that's where you'd like to see North American soccer tiered in some capacity. But I, I know... It, you know, expenses and travel and stuff would just be too difficult to do. Um, what about you guys, Dano, D, D? Are both your teams still in and around the FA Cup?
3: Uh, yeah. Yeah. First, yeah, go ahead, Dano. Spurs played Marine and got through that game, but they're in the final of the League Cup, of playman Man City, I think it's in April. So just probably classic Spurs. We get to a cup final, and then we'll probably have to lose to Man City, and then I'll hear it from everybody else. But, uh, yeah, I just think the Premier League is being... Such a good watch this year. Uh, someone took a screenshot of the top seven, and I think first to seventh, there was like a four-point difference. It's just it's crazy. So definitely an enjoyable season. Frustrating, I'm sure, because everybody's dropping points, but an enjoyable watch for sure.
1: Yeah. What about you, D? Yeah. So I mean, this COVID played a massive, massive role in in Liverpool's FA Cup tie versus Aston Villa. Um, Aston Villa. <laughs> I think fielded a like under 16 squad. <laughs> the kids were so young and really? and it, yeah, it was, I, uh, yeah, they were young kids. Uh, majority of the first team from Aston yeah. Villa were, were quarantined and, and um, Liverpool scored in, in the six minutes to go up one nil. But um, the, the, the kids from Villa came back and, and drew and, and tied it up one, one in the first half. And, and they, and it was unbelievable. Kid get his debut, uh, you know, against Liverpool and, and scores a scores a you know quite a nice goal. Um, you know, we ended up winning four one at the end, but you know, credit to those those boys they they had a they had a game they'll never forget. Um, and, a, and uh, go yeah. ahead. No, I said they have a game like, they'll never forget. Like Sean was saying that, you know, as a as a kid and, you know, growing up there, you know, uh, understanding that about about the FA Cup then. Those kids will, will if they never play a, a first team minute in their lives, they're going to remember that, you know, when they played Liverpool and and had them tied one one going into the second half and and like, you know, Liverpool had to make some pretty big, you know. Substitutions to bring on guys to, to change the match against them.
0: So I think that's in- unbelievable. Imagine the the amount of uh, athletes on that Aston Villa pitch oh, who man. had to throw on the pampers to get them through that first half <laughs> until they could until they could finally see they could play with them, and, and, and then it yeah. just changes everything. Yeah, you know, it's, it, it's
2: quite, it, it quite actually it, it, it takes a minute. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. Once they they touch the ball for the first time. During that game, I mean, they're nervous as heck, yeah. you know. But the minute they touch the ball and they and they give a good quality pass, and they're in the game. And now it's just a game of football. Yeah, yeah. you know. So it's it's fantastic. It's going to go down in history, you know. That they played in that game, That's whether unreal. they whether, like like they said whether they play another minute or not. They have made first team the first team in an FA Cup tie against Liverpool Football Club, one of the best clubs in the world. I mean they made for life.
0: That's unbelievable! What a way to to have! What a thing to have on your resume, well, you know? It's
1: unreal. The the, the funny story around that well, at the end of the game was that uh, they were interviewing the lad that scored the goal um, for Aston Villa, and he ended up uh, he ended up going and, and and changing his his jersey with with Fabinho. and and he's all oh, I got Fabinho's jersey, and after the after the interview, his manager says. I mean, what are you? you, you know, you get your first or your first team debut and you change your, you score a goal for Villa and you, and you go and you swap your jersey, your debut jersey and ended up running down the hallway to go to the locker room to get it back. And <laughs> gave, so he ended up getting Fabinho's jersey and his, his debut jersey back. So pretty cool story. That is a great yes, story
0: because yeah. as a young player, you're not thinking that for sure.
1: Not thinking that. Yeah, no, not at all. I actually think that yeah.
2: the, the uh, Marine players at the end of the game wanted to sw- swap jerseys with Spurs, and they didn't do it because of COVID, but then they sent a whole set of uniforms uh, yeah. afterwards sort of thing. You know?
0: Wow. Yeah, How cool
3: is that? Yeah, it's it's yeah, great stories there, there a, and
2: things that these guys are going to re- remember for the rest of their lives.
3: So, yeah, there was a lot around the club there. Um, I think they sold 30,000 virtual tickets from mostly Spurs fans to go towards Marine club because, you know, they lost out on revenue with not being able to host the game. So I think um, those are the awesome stories in COVID, right? I And mean, people kind of going above and beyond. And I think they maxed out with all the scars they could buy. So it really helped a club like that kind of move on because a hundred thousand pounds for a club like that is just, yeah, yeah. Money, right? So it's that's great.
0: huge. That's a lot of and yeah. meat pies. um hey listen anything you guys want to talk about as far as just the league play goes i know fa cup's pretty huge and so same with the caribou but watching that was just that's been great too so
2: well newcastle lost today again Uh, i think it was three nil in the end against arsenal um steve bruce's uh former teammate of mine um is struggling obviously with <laughs> with the club. I mean, he's a he's a Geordie lad, and he is getting hammered by absolutely everybody in the northeast of England right now. Calling I him know. an un-Geordie, but he's I mean, he's born and bred in Newcastle, uh, so that's a bit unfair. Uh, unfortunately, he did did manage Sunland at one point during his managerial <laughs> career, but you know, it, it's tough. It's a club that. Is massive. It's it's a big club, but again, it, just the chairman doesn't want to spend money, you know. And he's he's a billionaire. And I understand the COVID thing, but it, this has been going on for for fifteen
0: so, years or whatever. So that that bugs me. Then then why are you why are people slamming Mr. Bruce there when when at the end of the day, it's it's it could be changed if the chairman wanted to spend a little cash.
2: Uh, I don't know. I know if, you, if, you, if we uh, all knew uh, that, if, that would be I, the mystery of football, it wouldn't would, it? It would be great, but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's killing Steve Bruce. Yeah, absolutely killing Steve Bruce that the team is struggling the way that that it is. You and could I mean, see it on
0: his face when yeah. when they were playing, and and <laughs> just.
2: I mean, he's, he's a Jory. I mean, he, that's the team he grew up supporting as a kid. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, he does not want to see Newcastle United struggle. Yeah. And he's still getting, there's friends of mine I've, on Facebook. I've got friends and they're sl- slagging off Steve Bruce. And I went to school with these guys and they know I play with Steve Bruce. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um,
2: But, you know, it's it's difficult. It's uh, There's so much passion in the game and uh, they want Newcastle to to win the league and win something at least. And they're, they're not going to do that.
0: Yeah. What about your man, Mourinho, there, Dano? Is he, uh, is he in good stead there still?
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm not uh, I won't throw all the Chelsea supporters under the bus. I don't I don't flip-flop as much as some of my uh, my friends or colleagues that are Lampard out right now but uh, I think just the frustrating thing is just being how we set Spurs up, right? And it's all great when we're beating Arsenal and we beat City. I think we drew to Chelsea in November but I think out of the last six or seven games, there were four games where we were up a goal and in the last five to ten minutes conceded to make a 1-1 and, you know, through to Palace, pull, um, uh, Wolves, not to say Wolves is a bad side either, but just games you should see out, right? But mm-hmm. just kind of sit in, in a low block and just invite pressure and kind of got burnt by it. So just a little bit frustrating. But, uh, yeah, crazy season. We beat Sheffield on the weekend and I think we've got Liverpool next in the league. So that will be a big one as they all are.
1: Yeah, speaking of Liverpool, there, D. Uh, things uh, things th- are tough. Things are tough right now. <laughs> I think we haven't scored. A, we haven't scored a goal in, in three games. Um, we've we've dropped points uh, in four consecutive games. Um, uh, you know, and I, you know, everyone's struggling. I think it's. We saw City struggle at the beginning of the year. we have seen all these teams right now. I think facing a lot of you know adversity and. Um, with COVID plays a role in that or not, fans and the stands playing a role in that or not, who knows? But um, the football hasn't been great watching Man City, sorry, watching Man United play Liverpool yesterday. No, I wasted uh, 90 minutes of my life. It was absolutely dreadful to watch. And um, there, and, and for both sides, not just my club, right? And, I, I heard it was both sides. And that's, a, ways, and that's yeah. a derby. Yeah, and, and that's a derby, right? And you would think that. Um, players would be up for the games, managers would be going out to win, but, you know, all, all they set his team up to, to get a draw, um, and we couldn't break them down, so it's it just, yeah, it's just different, it's just different, the way things are going, and the form that, that, that players are going through, and, and teams are going through, but, yeah, so we're sitting in fourth now, with uh, the Man City win yesterday, so it's, it, it's crazy. It's crazy, but like Dano said before, seven teams in 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 the hunt for for top four, right? And and right now, I think it's it's making sure you secure uh, secure those Champions League spots for for next year and 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 try to get through uh, this season because uh, it's yeah, it's, it's wild. It's wild. Just uh,
2: just have to correct you, D. It's not a derby. A derby would be Manchester versus Manchester You're City right. or Liverpool versus yeah. Everton. It's a rivalry.
1: Rivalry, you're right, Sean. Yeah. You're right. Okay,
2: just want to get that
1: quite clear because
2: <laughs> that drives me crazy when people say it's a derby when it's not a derby. A derby's like Newcastle, yeah, and yeah. in Celtic, yeah. Rangers. Uh, there was a derby. You yeah. know what?
0: And, and speaking of Liverpool, actually, I don't know how, where I saw it or where I read it, but the the big shout from everybody is that they they need to find a true number nine who can finish. And doesn't every team though? Don't they? You know, uh, it just be. Where do you find them? It seemed to work last year. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah,
2: what's the yeah. difference?
0: Yeah, I I know. I agree.
2: But uh, it's a great sport, isn't it, guys? It is a great I sport. Mean, we, we talk about with the the best sport in the world.
0: I have to say th- say yes to that for sure. Yeah. It's it's definitely something. But hey, I'm looking at the clock here. We're running out of time, gang. Uh, so we're gonna uh, shut things down. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna hit that button that says stop recording now. And,
2: uh, the, um,
0: I want to thank, um, Sean Lother and, uh, Dan O'Drummond and, uh, Diego Vender for, for being part of the show here, uh, lads on the phone and, uh, we're in the studio here, myself and Sean. Um, yeah. Looking forward to the next podcast in a couple of weeks time. Uh, we're looking to do a few things differently. Well, adding some some different guests on uh, in the in the weeks to come here. Hopefully, we'll be on the pitch soon too. Uh, I guess we'll find out and be able to update everybody via our uh, our website and uh, let everybody know what's going to go on. Re the Alberta Health Services and Alberta Soccer and. Let's just uh, keep our fingers crossed that we're on the pitch again soon here.
2: And we didn't mention Trump once today, so I just want to congratulate oh, everybody. He's is
0: out, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> it's fake news now. It <laughs> is fake news now. So, uh, for 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 all the guys here, out to you guys out there listening to us. In particular, the, uh, you know, few fans we have in Reykjavik and in uh, Iceland uh, and, and in, you know, in New Zealand at the moment. Hey, Russia, it, and Russia. Russia. That's I was trying to say, Russia, and it wasn't coming out. I don't know where New Zealand came from. Hopefully, we'll get some uh, New Zealand people. Um, but anyways, from all of us to you guys, thanks for listening, and uh, yeah, if you get a, get a moment, drop a line uh, when you listen to this, wherever you listen to this from, and uh, let us know if there's something you want us to talk about football-wise, and, and we'll... We'll see if we can't make that work. Info
2: at spdsa.net.
0: There you go. Exactly what Shano just said. (laughs) That's what you follow. Uh, Or, you know, if you're listening to this on SoundCloud or or whatever uh, format you're listening to it, you can leave a message there as well. Um. Yeah. And uh, that does it for us. <laughs> I'm now i blithering, eh? Thanks, guys. Thanks. It. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Okay. So uh, once again, you've been listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association.